Hi guys, my name is Rodney Kombe and welcome to the third episode of Unscripted. So today I'm hosting two amazing friends of mine and my guest today, my first guest today is, is Rachma and my co-host is Spiro Mulela Kabosha. So these are people that are across the globe and they've decided to join us today on Unscripted and we'll be discussing a very, very important uh, topic today and once we delve into the nitty-gritties of our episode today i'm sure we should know exactly what we'll be talking about ladies welcome to unscripted thank you thank you so much for having me on to into onto this amazing podcast of yours thank you so much thank you so much sure. this is Biwe, your co-host and i'm glad to be here i'm looking forward to everything that will be pouring out of this podcast and hopefully you get influenced and impacted in a positive way that's great that's great so guys let's do let's do a little time check uh Spiro, where are you and what's the time rachma where are you and what's the time <clears throat> okay i'm in the united states specifically i'm in new york and the time is 6 58 p.m and me rachma i'm in london england and the time is 23 58 and i'm your host rodney I'm in Zambia at the time in 0 and 58. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's crazy yeah. how we're recording at these hours, especially for the two of you. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's Absolutely. amazing the fact that um, we're like in different continents and it's different time frames as well. It's crazy. Exactly. And, exactly. and, and yet we've convened here to try and just, you know, share our unscripted stories all together so rachma um interestingly um i'll have to guide you in terms of how we'll go about our 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 podcast today and i'll just be asking you some basic questions and then you know you'll be uh directing the conversation throughout the process so my first question for you is um who is who is rachma Wow, um, that's the that, that's the kind of question that makes you scratch your head, isn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Rafma is a basic. Uh, um, how how do I even answer this question? Wow, um, I'm speechless. Can you imagine for the first <laughs> time in my life? <laughs> um, Rafma is a Somali-born Somali ethnic um ethnic group um I'm, I'm a woman of course as you can hear um i am a proud loud like my beloved friend has, has stated before <laughs> um, <laughs> i am an act I, I, I do consider myself as an advocate and an activist of you know politics and human rights and basically I'm very rounded human being um, I'm a lot of every little things <laughs> I am also a uh, I'm based in in England in London so I do consider myself to be living in a melting pot so I'm a minority within minorities um, so yeah that's <laughs> that's what my Amazing. My co-host, who's Spiwe? 
Oh wow, you didn't prepare me for this, you know. Who is <laughs> Wow. Well, it's unscripted. Uh, Zambian, proud Zambian. Okay. I'm just going to emphasize that again in case your viewers are listening and you don't get it. Spiwe mm-hmm. is a Zambian girl in her mid 20s, you know, just trying to navigate life in different areas. You know, life presents itself in different angles and unfortunately it's really hard to choose where you can fit in so you find yourself trying to explore everything and i think i'm at that point in my life where i'm trying to navigate each little thing to see exactly where i fit so that is me spirit kabosha coming from a political background in terms of my studies i study global politics and international relations at kingston university alongside my friend rahman jamal yeah, that is how we met. Yeah. Amazing. 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 That's a very, very interesting uh, introduction you guys have met. Rakhna, uh, being our guest today on Unscripted, uh, my next question for you is, what makes you unique as as a person? Hmm. Well, um, all I can say is I can't really pin down to one specific answer but I will say I'm very open-minded um, accepting um, I like I love actually challenges I think challenges um, when I when when challenges put me in uncomfortable situation or positions um, actually makes me um, stri- uh, you know strive for um, for, for greater things and makes me look at the at, at, at that situation and say like where can I go in order for me to improve and what I can do to better uh, better the situation and better myself um, I am I would say well educated um, regarding about a lot of things <laughs> uh, specifically politics <laughs> Um, like my beloved friend has said, we both met in university. Um, I also, we met in our program. So I, we, I mean, myself, I also study global politics and international relations. Um, uh, like I said previously, I'm very loud. <laughs> Opinionated as well. I can say that for sure. <laughs> and I think um, the fact that... Uh, um, Spirit did mention um, is that a lot of people in my class knew who I was and that is one of the things especially in my last year of university um, I remember having some child you know have, have been put in to do some tasks and the fact that everyone in the classroom knew who I was and I just knew them by their faces I'm like oh, this is alarming <laughs> <laughs> um, why is it that I just know how you look like but I don't know your name but you know my name <laughs> I think um, you're being modest in the way that you're presenting these issues Rahman you know you're, you're neglecting the fact that you're able to bring people from different backgrounds at the same table and at the same time avoiding conflicts and all those things that come with putting people that are coming from different backgrounds so I think that's one of the traits that makes you unique your ability to bring people from different backgrounds and different holding different opinions on one table and at the same time having this peaceful 
environment on there that that is my opinion about what makes you unique amazing thank you yes and um i would say the last part is that um i can adopt living anywhere and being anywhere i i can easily live and be around any group of people i don't have any fear i don't have any worries because i'm very confident in myself <laughs> that is true nice that is true. nice nice so uh rachma um in today's uh, episode uh prior to this 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 conversation uh rather this 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 um uh podcast that we are having right now um i know that you have a story that you'd want to share and uh we were talking about different uh things all together and then from the conversation that i was having with you i realized that you are passionate about education and so uh i'm just realizing that today on unscripted because unscripted focuses on quite a number of thematic areas and one area of interest is that of um academic progression altogether which resonates with education so we really want to hear your you know your story and i know that it's maybe something that has to do with education so i'll allow you to just enlighten us on what you know you want to share from that aspect of your life altogether yeah sure um so um before studying uh, global politics and international relations i when i was in high school i majored in science so i did chemistry physics biology mathematics so i was very keen into getting into science field and working with um NHS which is a national health sector here in England um and i went into university to study biomedical science and my experience was very different to what i imagined it would be um i hated the course so badly to a point where i had to drop out and i actually <laughs> um I dropped out on my second year the beginning of second year of my university and um I took a gap year working I was assuming that I would take one year gap uh in order to work and then go back to university that year one one that uh one year gap ended up being two years gap until so my mother gave me an ultimatum and said you know <laughs> my mother was a very typical african woman and she said either get married <laughs> or go back to school so being rebellious i said you know what i'm not going to be somebody's wife and you know having kids at this time while i haven't achieved what i wanted which is to graduate university um during that time um i was very keen into getting into studying politics the reason being is because it was during the uh the period of um britain fighting to come out of um european union and brexit became the highlight of british politics and british everyday lives you know everyday people the conversation was about brexit um and you know it made me question a lot made me every time i listened to either the podcast or interviews of people who supported Brexit and people who didn't support Brexit and I 
want I was questioning a lot of things and um, it made me understand it made me um, empowered empowered to choose to go into politics field so then I decided to come whole wholeheartedly go into politics um, and study so that I can understand furthermore to why politicians are you know disagreeing with each other and why people are doing uh, taking such drastic policies and laws and whatnot um, and I went back to university in 2016 that's where I met amazing Stevie um, it was a, a wonderful highlight of, of, of my my university moment I would say <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, yeah so I, I really learned a lot and education higher education has actually opened my mind um, I've learned a lot I've learned about critical uh, critical thinking I learned about um, having a disagreement without getting angry or you know forcing somebody to believe in what you believe um, I never knew this was in me being born Muslim um, I never knew that I would wholeheartedly believe in secular state um, because I come uh, as a Somali my country is is not a secular state it's an Islamic state you know it's, it goes by um, uh, Islamic Sharia um, so for me to believe in in secular state you know is something very drastic very different from my my fellow Somali people um, and also made me um, believe that that fact that I'm growing up one fighting for women what understanding why women what they go through is not right and they should fight for their right is called feminism um, <laughs> I learned that as well so that is why I have always and I will always be a champion of education and the reason being is that when you're educated you know especially educating a woman I remember growing up back home uh, teachers used to say when you're educating a girl you're educating the whole community and now I understand why um, with the knowledge that I've gained I'm able to pass down to my children when I have kids and hopefully you know empower them to become better and even greater than I will ever become and that is why I champion education and especially educating women educating girls wow. is very important wow. we, we make half of the population in the world even more and it is about time that our uh, men in our communities in our country to be on our side and empower us to get education and 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 able to run the country together if women get educated and work we don't only um it doesn't only benefit us but it benefits a community and a country as a whole that's nice yes what do you think wow she what has said a lot of things i mean she has gone above and beyond my expectations of the answer that I would give to such a question, you know. Um, she mentioned a lot of things and quite a few things were striking. And uh, the first one really for me, Rahma, was um, 
the issue of your mother giving you an ultimatum, you know, between going to school and getting married. Um, I think it's something that is uh, interesting, you know. Uh, uh, in my mind, before you mentioned it, I was thinking, well, this ultimatum is something along the lines of maybe you move out, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one thing, I'm not going to be able to provide for you. But then you said marriage. I said, whoa, okay. So it is interesting. And I, I think this is something that the listeners out there would like to know. What kind of background do you have for for that kind of conversation to actually surface that quickly and that easily in terms of marriage what kind of background are you coming from yeah i mean it's, it's a wonderful question and i'm glad you asked um so i am uh, I'm, I'm being an african somali mm-hmm. um and being muslim um is is one i mean islam and and, and african culture align together no. I would say hand in hand um, mm-hmm. and being a Muslim is that when great as a woman you when you're born your father and your mother are your you know are your a guardian are, are the ones who are supporting you financially you know putting roof over your head and everything so even if you get educated and you know you have a wonderful job you still don't move out of the house until you're married so you could be 50 years old you'll still live with your parents and that is considered normal in our in my culture um within islamic community and as well as somali community it's very um uncommon to see an unmarried somali woman living Mm -hmm. by herself unless it's just different circumstances like for instance if she migrated to a different country and her parents live in another country then that's you know that's self-explanatory isn't it mm-hmm. but if you live with your parents in the same country it's very very uncommon for you for for unmarried somali women to live by herself that, mean, that is that is interesting and i'm sure rodney would agree with me that this is the same culture that we share in zambia and pretty much in most african countries parents really have taken it upon themselves to to stress their lives basically I, I consider stressing their lives because they don't want to let us go you know <laughs> want to yeah. Keep us yeah really close to them but then um i'm really interested on the aspect of marriage do you understand yeah. um how um like i'm i'm struggling to understand how the the issue about marriage was very easy for your mother to to bring about you know she could have easily said other things like oh you're going to the farm you know (laughs) you're going to move out because obviously you don't want school which is something that african parents take at heart but she said either school or you get married um and you mentioned something about coming from an islamic culture so how is marriage for a young girl like you viewed coming from um, an Islamic culture and an African culture altogether? Um, marriage is a big deal within a Muslim community. Um, if you look at if you look at it through Islamic lens or <laughs> the lens of religion, um, Islam considered considers marriage to be half of your religion. So if you're not married, you have half of the religion, which is you're praying, you're fasting, 
obeying your parents, being a good Muslim, being a good citizen, you know, all the basics. But once you get married, there's a whole different part of the religion where being married, when you're when you're married, God bless you. Um, and as well as how you treat each other as partners also, God, you know, also, you know, um, bless you or, you know, curses you because of how you treat your partner. So marriage is, is, is a big deal, um, especially being an African girl. Um, when you hit everybody, you know, it's a normal thing in Africa that when a girl hits certain age, people start to ask you, when are you getting married? When are you getting married? Um, and especially at that time where I dropped out of university and people were like, my mom was looking at me like, when are you going back to university? And I keep telling her, you know, like I said, I was supposed to take one year gap, mm-hmm. but I ended up taking two years gap. And I was like, I'm going, I'm going. And I was getting, basically, I was drunk with money. <laughs> I was like, I was young, I was making money. And I was like, I was contemplating if I should go back or not. And I procrastinated to a point where it became two years. And, um, and she said, you know what? I'm giving an ultimatum, either get married and you know live somewhere else and have children and be a wife or go back to school and study you can't just be living with my in my house without any aims or, or goals oh nice nice thank you so much. this is this is interesting you know as as i'm listening to her talk um i'm forgetting that i'm actually a host here i'm now <laughs> trying to you know dissect whatever it is that she's saying you know trying to learn because this is um, important that you are not a regular guest. You are coming from a different uh, cultural background or religious background altogether. And the things that you are sharing right now are things that I'm now trying to process and trying to see how best I can also maybe align, you know, what you're sharing with, you know, our religious values or, you know, our, our cultural background. And so all this is, is interesting. So, um, I want us to get back to education, really. Uh, Rachma, um, it's it's interesting that you're an African Somali, okay? <laughs> and I would say that uh, I think you are with a few people that would be privileged to actually have an opportunity to have had access to quality education, okay? So I would want you now to help me understand how do you think... Um, Education, one, is regarded in, in, in the Islamic culture, especially uh, insofar as women are concerned. Then secondly, from the African setting and also from uh, a girl-child point of view, what sort of message do you have about the value of education? Yeah, um, so it's, when you look at it... Um, in Islam, education is very highly um, reg- uh, regarded and it's very highly accepted for, for Muslim women to, to study. Um, if you look at Islamic history during the time of Prophet Muhammad um, women were in you know, women were doing a lot of things like his first wife was a, was a businesswoman and he was employed by her. Um, there were the first university to ever be built in, in, in the north of Africa was built by a woman. Um, 
and is education is very very highly regarded and and women are pushed to to islamically they are pushed to study however due to i would say i would throw the word masculine toxic masculinity of you know some um muslim men they would think educated women is a threat to them and you know it is is a threat to the society as well why should a muslim woman be educated it means you know they will challenge them they will voice their opinion and that is to them is wrong but it's not wrong it's right everybody has an opinion and everybody has a right to raise their uh, their, their voice and their concern but to some toxic um men they will say that is wrong and if you look at it through the lens of african culture i would say it's it's the same thing where some african you know culture or or, or communities would think is a threat to have a well educated woman you know because in 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 many many mind of men is that uh, men sorry is that um they believe that a woman's place is to be a mother uh, to be a wife first to be a mother and to be you know to be a cook to to be a, a, a you know a, a person that stays at home and 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 serve her family but that is not true a woman has a lot of options to choose she has a right to education she has a right to work she has a right to make a living because if you do not educate a woman right now and she's married by the, the age of 12 and she has a, ch- a first child by the age of 16 she's still young she's uneducated and if she gets divorced um what else where where is she going to get her her livelihood she needs to to do a job isn't it to make money in order to provide for her child and herself and put a roof over her head so that is why i champion education and i champion educating girls and women and when i say women i mean the women who never got the opportunity to go to school at a young age there's still opportunity there they should never be stripped away from that opportunity just because they're adults nice nice spirit what do you think You see I I'm just over here listening. I think I'm now in the position you're in not too long ago. You know, where you're just trying to digest yeah. everything. It's so much yeah. being said, so much being revealed and it's just super interesting to know all these things and I think Rafma I I commend you for being an advocate for education of the girl child and women at large. I think it's important to start breaking these narratives that women belong in the kitchen mm. and you know are only meant to be wives because we have so many strong women out there and I don't want to go in the specifics of history but when you look at history there's so much that women have done and I'm glad you brought up the issue of the first university that was built in North Africa being um having been initiated or established by a woman that is something that is very commendable and i do hope that rodney is on the same page with us when it comes to education of the women otherwise i am i am i am <laughs> and i think that 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 question really uh, it it it's now uh, ties into what i want to ask rafa at this at this point you know uh, in her speech she also 
in her quest to be a champion of education and all that she 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 talked about a very interesting concept uh, she talked about feminism and obviously this uh, depending on what lens and what culture background or environment one is coming from it seems to have some controversy surrounding it so um i want to understand rachma uh, what is your conception of of of, of feminism and um in in the education sense really how are you what is your understanding of, of of feminism to start with and then uh how is this influencing whatever it is that you're doing to advocate for education wow um <laughs> that's a very interesting and wonderful question so my understanding of feminism is a, a movement that um a movement of women wanting to have a voice that's how i understand feminism is a movement of women is a revolutionary movement of women to have a voice in a male dominated world when you look at the global uh north um the organizations in uh, you know, such as the united nations uh you know the british the, the red cross you know a, a lot of other major organization if i'm not mentioning um as well as you know government is male dominated and they make laws that uh, and policies that affect women directly without thinking twice or even speaking to us directly and the and that's how and why this movement was born um there is also like you said there is controversial or uh, issues within feminism and one thing that is not much highlighted especially in the continent of africa is that people need to know women in in in, in i'll say women, women of color need to understand is that within feminism there's also racism because when feminism started white women were the front line of the movement and once they got their right they forgot the rest of us so now we have to pick up the pieces and say we want equal right to white women and men but yet we're not even there at all i mean if you look at when women fought to have rights to education in 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 the global north they fought they got the opportunity they fought for the right to work they fought and they got the opportunity they 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 fought to to have a seat on the table when it comes to politics and making laws yes they got to certain they didn't get all the way but they got to certain extent but women of color have always been left behind and that is why education comes to play that you know once we educate ourselves about not only about you know the, what the movement stands for but also there are the the pros and cons of this movement and what we can do in order to improve and and get the same right as our fellow um Caucasian women. Wow. 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 That's that's, that's amazing. Um my co-host are you there? <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> Talk to us, please. Um Rafma. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, your viewers and Rodney and I would like to know. I mean, you've said all these wonderful things about being a champion of uh, girl child education, 
what we would like to know is what are you doing exactly to champion this education of the girl child and women uh, is there anything that you can point to that can show for it like okay this is what rafma is doing aside you know breaking it down with big english like this on this podcast <laughs> you want to know is there anything in particular that you yeah <laughs> Um so I would say Let's keep it real. Well, absolutely. Um I would say is I am indirectly connected to this um matter meaning like I am not directly sadly I am not directly um directly how do I say this? I'm not directly um in there to to actually I would say I'm not the only way i could describe is like i not i don't have boots in the, on the ground for me to do the work directly i can only do this indirectly due to covid restricting me um and as well as you know the fact that i come from a, a, a country that is recovering from conflict as well um and having not been there for over two decades um as well so um i'm in i'm invested indirectly so i do my part with some charities um with my friend of mine mm-hmm. uh to help young girls go to school um where starting she's starting a, a charity with her uncle that i'm also part of it uh, helping to you know keeping running um starting and then keeping uh, moving and is part of it is regarding about education um and one thing i would like to also highlight is that when it comes to education with within the horn of africa where i come from is not only educating about you know it's not only academic education but also educating the pros and cons about tribalism as well and how it even affected us about 30 40 years ago you know that's the reason why Somalia was in at war because of tribalism and you know it's something that I'm very also passionate about so i would say hopefully in the future in the nearest future maybe one or two years from now once i finish my uh, masters program i will be boots on the ground and able to kick it off and running Wow, that is interesting, Rafa. And I think people would like to know what kind of master's program are you doing? I think this is something I should have mentioned at the beginning of this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um so I'm studying violence, conflict and development um University of Sawaz. I am very in love with my master's program. I can never <laughs> get enough of it. <laughs> um learning so much um is oh, I would say I'm overwhelmed with the knowledge that I'm getting um it's amazing and I wish you was here with me as well <laughs> um to study I mean sometimes I um I I wish I could have like a, a partner in crime like I had you <laughs> in undergrad so we can have a conversation and debates and what not the sad about um the sad part about my program is that where studying remotely because of covid so we don't get to be in the classroom so we're all meeting on zoom and and just talking over the internet 
and there's not that human connection and uh, for us to have a conversation that is one thing i generally miss is the human connection and having to speak to people directly and and see their reaction or what i'm saying <laughs> because sometimes that can be very controversial <laughs> um that is I, true. I, I like sometimes to poke people <laughs> on purpose just to see their reaction mm-hmm. um i miss that but uh, yes that's what i'm doing for my uh, master's program okay wow wow uh, i have another question for rahma I'm sorry, you're on the hotspot here, so we're going to kill you with so many questions. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't run away because that is not representing you as a brand. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yes. Um, Rahma, uh-huh. I think one thing that the listeners would like to know is your journey to, to, to the UK. How did you find yourself in the UK? Wow. And, how, and what are some of the challenges that you've encountered being in the UK and what are some of the advantages or rather your success stories of being in the UK? Yeah, so um, I basically come from Africa. I grew up, I was born in, in Somalia. We later on joined him. Um, one thing I will say that the, the advantage that I got here in, in the UK is that to have a, a good education uh, we'll say a world-class education I mean a lot of people would die to be in my position and uh, there are so many people who are dying to be in my position to be honest and I'm very grateful for it um, and there are, I, I'm really grateful as well for it it's education and also ability to to work and earn my own money especially as a minority and especially as a woman um that's one of the i would say one of the other advantages i have here in the uk um the a disadvantage that i have about living in the uk is the fact that i'm a minority um i am as i said i'm a muslim i'm, I'm an african uh, Somali ethnic, so I'm basically a minority within a minority, um, and it affects me by, you know, visibly being Muslim, wearing a hijab, um, you know, wearing a, a baya, which is a long black dress as well. Sometimes when I do that, that makes me a visible Muslim. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard about Islamophobia attacks. I've experienced yeah. a couple of them, um, being called a terrorist down the street and being told to go back to where I came from <laughs> um, all that um, I've experienced racism from the white British people and also the non-British people funny enough um, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine like a, my fellow immigrant being racist to me I'm like, and they're telling me to go where I came from like um, should we not both go where we came from <laughs> like you're telling me where I should go back home what about you <laughs> you go back to where you came from um so i will say yeah that's that's a that, that's a disadvantage also my other disadvantage comes back to feminism is that when you when i said about you know my fellow caucasian women have their rights meaning once if for example i have the same job as for example i'll call a, a caucasian woman susan uh, Susan, the only ceiling glass that she has to break is that the fact that she's a woman. 
but for me it's i have to break the ceiling of being a woman uh ceiling glass of being a woman and ceiling glass of being a black woman and another ceiling glass the fact that i'm a muslim woman so i am very much put in a box very tight box for me to prove myself that i am legitimately loyal to this country and and i'm grateful to be given opportunity to be in this country living and working here and i i am loyal to them but then that is going to be a very difficult journey i'll say and i'm very much prepared for it wow 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 <laughs> this is fight. amazing <laughs> this yeah. is amazing i would i would i would honestly want this conversation to go on and on and on but in the interest of time yeah <laughs> we'll probably end here and then i'm sure in the near future we'll definitely reach out to you and just again have to discuss another interesting topic because i think uh rakna me and spiro can both agree to the fact that you are you're dropping a lot of you know gems here and we are really learning a lot from you and i feel you know you just definitely need to be you know our, our regular guest on this podcast because we are enjoying how you're just elaborating all these important issues and just bringing them to our attention so i think at this point we all have to uh, be ready to say our goodbyes and then you know be able to tune into uh, scripted as we begin to record the fourth episode in the near future Spiro, yes. what do you have to say? Rahma, what do you have to say? Um, I would like to say thank you so much for um letting me be the um, you know, the guest on your show and I am praying for you and hoping for you that your podcast grows bigger and bigger and I'm hoping and praying that it reaches beyond Zambia. Um hopefully in the whole continent of Africa you know maybe in the next near future you know when i say rodney combe you know everybody will be like oh yes i know his podcast um follow him you know i'm 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 praying and hoping for you to to reach to that level and generally thank you for letting me be a guest here and i cannot wait for spirit's podcast episode oh thank my god thank you thank you <laughs> spirit <laughs> You see, um, the problem with <laughs> okay, maybe we should edit that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's unscripted, so we'll keep it. <laughs> okay. No, this I feel like this is putting pressure on me to get as quickly as I can on this podcast. <laughs> I wanted to take my time because <laughs> look, Rodney has set a certain standard from the first guest speaker that he had. I know. Was that your sister? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, they just happened to share the same standard. Otherwise, oh, not related. Yeah, but yeah. he set quite a standard, and I feel pressured to be able to meet that standard. But um, going back to this conversation, uh, Rahma, you have been such a wonderful guest. Thank you so much. You have highlighted a lot of issues that. most listeners will be grateful for and i have no doubt that they'll be impacted positively uh it was good to have you on this show and hopefully like rodney said we can have you as a regular guest on this show from me your co-host spirit it's bye-bye <laughs> bye 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 till next time bye thank you